1: hey what's up everybody this is Charles Sabansi from the dreamers pro show and we want to welcome you guys to the dreamers pro podcast where we cover everything from sports hot topics classic debates entertainment and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them now let's get started with the first topic of today's show uh the NBA season kicked off yesterday and there were two pretty big games on TNT the first game was between the Lakers and uh the Denver Nuggets the reigning champs Denver denver Nuggets and the second game was between the Golden State Warriors uh and the Phoenix Suns and funny enough that laker game uh caught me off guard because i thought that game was going to start much later so i looked at my phone the nba app and i looked at it i'm like wait they're already playing the first quarter so i missed like the majority of the first quarter and i started watching the game and the, when i watched the lakers were down uh, but then they were fighting hard and they were able to make the game competitive at the half. And I remember in that game 80 was looking good. LeBron was playing in spurts. He would play for like two minutes, three minutes, sit down, come back in, play for another two minutes. It was a weird thing, but I think that's the way LeBron has been playing over the last few years, really. LeBron doesn't play like eight minutes straight, uh eight-minute stretches. I don't really see it happen. Maybe at the end of games, but I don't I don't notice it. But anyway, uh then the game goes over to the second half and the nuggets just start pulling away. They just start hitting them with barrages. And let me say this. We spoke a lot about the nuggets losing Bruce Brown and what they may lose on energy, and I forgot to and I forgot the fact that they added former clipper Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson is another guy that can cook. Now he doesn't play with the same motor that, uh, that a Bruce Brown plays with. But Bruce Brown is a little bit more versatile because he can score, he can defend. But Reggie Jackson can also get hot and he can also stretch the floor for you and add some spacing uh, on the floor. But as the game got into the second half and you started to see the, what is it? The um, the Denver Nuggets pull away. You just started to realize that the Denver Nuggets were the better team. And so as the game was over, I then started to say, uh, say to myself, I said, well, with every Laker loss, there must be somebody to blame and the first person that came to mind was anthony davis now why was it anthony davis because anthony davis uh in that game in the first half of that game ad scored let me just pull up the first half uh stats here if i can get them in the first half anthony davis went six, six of 11 he shot uh 54 from the field 100 percent from the three made four free throws and he finished the first half with 17 points But then, in the second half of the game, Anthony Davis finished going 0 of 6, 0 of 1 from the 3. He attempted 0 free throws. He did get 7 rebounds and 3 assists. And he got 1 block. And he finished that game. uh, Ultimately, with 17 points in that game, he had, what, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, only 2 turnovers. uh, And ended up shooting 35% from the field. So... 80 wasn't good and when it got to the post game uh conference because uh you know uh, yeah conference because they were covered in by it was being covered by tnt and they asked charles barkley and shaq to weigh in on anthony davis's performance uh they totally went off on them so what we want to do is want to play exactly what shaq and charles had to say about anthony davis and then we'll come back and continue with the show take a listen to that there
2: but I, like the notion that at his age he gonna play 35 to 40 minutes a night you know he i think 30 is a 30 to 32 is a perfect number for a guy his age. You can't be playing him 40 minutes a night at his age and think he's going to stay healthy the entire season and make it through all the rounds of the playoff. That's, Come on, so, so 29 minutes on a night is, is okay with you? I think that, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 to 30, 30, 30, 30. 30, 30 He played 29 tonight. Yeah, but the game marks. was over. Right. He probably would have played another right. five minutes. But that other guy has to take over and step really Oh, no step question. Up. You can't they go be a great player and not go up. whole have that's crazy. You have to at this point say, Brian, you can still be Brown, but w- when you go out, I'm about to take over this, this this whole operation, this whole game." And he hasn't done that. Me, but, me and Chuckman has that for the last two, three years. And Ernest and, and it's not about posting up, being a center. It's about being consistent at what you're going to do. He's a he's a 29, 30 point guy. You know, I I, night. I said when he was in New Orleans, I said this guy's going to be the best basketball player in the world in the next five years. He's not even mentioned anymore when we talk about the best players in the game, and you know LeBron try- has said it publicly, like it's time for his, it's his team now, and it, and you wonder when the light is gonna kick on because he don't have to play great every night, but you can't go a whole half and not score. Yeah, I, I think one of the things with Anthony Davis is he he has spurts like he's an older player, meaning. Like, he took his – they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. You know, let's not – We'll be freaking Okay, deep. I'm not saying – They got swept, Kenny. They got swept. However, he played well in the series. He played played decent in the series. Yeah, but we, well we're not paying him $62 million to play decent. But, but I'm saying that, and, and I'm just agreeing with you. I just think that his minutes should be at 37, 38. At 30 so, years old yeah. and being a, a perennial all-star – he should be playing thirty-five to forty minutes night and dominating. And God. what should his averages be? Oh, he should be at a twenty-five, twelve oh, guy. no, he should he should be where uh, Giannis and those guys. 28-10. He should be with Giannis. Well, that's what he should average in the playoffs, but during the regular season. Oh no, playoffs, no playoffs got to be thirty. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But during the regular season. But he, he should be with Giannis and Jokic and those guys are doing. No question. Hundred percent,
1: ten. So you heard what Charles Barkley and um and and Shaq had to say about Anthony Davis, and I and I agree with them, right? I agree with them that Anthony Davis just wasn't aggressive enough, but this—none of this really surprises me, to be quite honest with you, because I remember back in uh, the year 2020, I think the time when they got AD, maybe the year before, a lot of Laker fans were very, very excited about the Lakers getting Anthony Davis. And at the time, I can understand it if you're just looking at his stats on a on, on a stat sheet. But I wasn't excited for Laker fans because I was looking at other things. I was looking at things beyond the stat sheet, and I was looking at Anthony Davis's intangibles. Um, Anthony Davis, prior to joining the Lakers, had led no team nowhere, number one. Number two, give, the the fact that AD was just so excited to join LeBron, to me, that was already a red flag. Because as a Kobe Bryant fan and as a, and as a person that supported the Lakers for over 15 years, I knew the caliber of player you will need to lead that franchise into the future. You need a guy like Kobe. You need a guy like Shaq. You need a guy like Magic Johnson. You need a guy like LeBron James. A guy who's going to be at the front of it and really want it. And AD all too often seemed like a guy that was just happy to be there. He would be sitting in the press conference and he would just loving the fact that he's sitting next to LeBron. I'm like, this ain't the guy that's going to lead the Lakers into the future. I I saw it and we produced uh, shows about this literally years ago years ago so i never saw it it's not like as if these guys are saying this now and all of a sudden you know i'm I'm agreeing with them i never saw it now uh after the game they were actually talking to anthony davis to get a sense of why he only scored 17 points uh in that first half and then went scoreless in the entire second half so for those of you who didn't hear what ad had to say uh, at the end of the game, take a listen to what some t- take a listen to what uh, Anthony Davis had to say here.
3: AD, you led the Lakers in scoring the first half with 17, and, and finished the game with 17. What did you see in the flow of your guys' offense? What Denver did on defense that um, changed your scoring output
2: in the second half? Um, started doubling team. You know, trying to crowd the paint. Uh, I missed some easy like little layups around the rim, little jumpers. Uh, but Sean made the right play, kick it out to our guys. They double, you know, kick it out to, you know, really hit open three, gave open threes um, just in fall. But um got to shoot it more. LeBron, if, if this minute range
3: continues, is there any minor adjustments that you had to make while you're on the court in terms of, I don't know, like making the most in, in a limited amount of.
2: Time? Um, I mean, I don't. That's at the end of the day we didn't win, but I think for me, my performance and what I did individually in the time that I was out there, I think I was productive. I think so. I mean, I was a plus seven for the game. No turnovers, so I liked the no turnovers more than anything. Um, So
1: So you heard what AD had to say. Listen, um, for the Lakers to be successful, Anthony Davis needs to be Anthony Davis this season. I think he needs to be about a twenty-seven point per game guy, twenty-six to twenty-seven point per game guy. He needs to rebound the ball well, maybe rebound at twelve points, uh, twelve rebounds a game. He needs to be affecting the game on both sides of the floor, especially f- from a defensive standpoint. You saw how effective he was in the playoffs last year, especially defensively uh, against the Golden State Warriors. If Anthony Davis is not going to be that, Anthony Davis it simply will not work, and it's going to be in his detriment if he doesn't play the way a lot of people are expecting him to play, because if AD falls short yet again. They are going to roast him. His legacy is going to take a serious hit. Do you know why? Because LeBron is turning 39 years old in December. He's turning 39 years old in December, so no one, and I mean no one, is going to feel sorry for Anthony Davis. No one. Absolutely no one. So, to me, listen, if AD doesn't figure it out, uh, he's going to be in for a very long year. And I think this year is going to affect his legacy, as it should. As it, No one is going to blame LeBron because he's old. So, everyone is going to give him a pass. Anthony Davis, on the other hand. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. I had a pleasant surprise because I was going through the internet and I came across a segment from Undisputed. And when I clicked on it, who did I see? Paul Pierce. And I was like, "Wait, Paul Pierce is on Undisputed." So as I was watching it, uh, they were actually previewing the Lakers. Uh, what is it? The Lakers versus Nuggets game today. That, that was that, that was supposed to, that took place yesterday, but they were previewing it. anyway. So as they were there talking about it, it was Skip Bayless, it was Paul Pierce, and it was Keyshawn Johnson. And as you listen, as and as you were listening to Paul Pierce talk, Skip was trying to hype up Austin Reeves. And Paul Pierce was like, nah, I'm not feeling him. I'm not feeling like he was like, the only reason he got off last year was because he wasn't in a scouting report and Keyshawn tried to push back. And he's like, no. He's like, you got to show it to me. He's like, you caught everybody off guard last year. But if you want us to really respect that, you got to do it again. And as I'm listening to him, I'm like, man, this is what this show needs, especially during the NBA period. I get the sense that Paul Pierce. Uh, is one of those guys that's going to call it like he sees it and personally I love that about about him on that show and to me maybe it's just me but Paul seems totally different from when he was on ESPN ESPN it seemed like he was much more PC he couldn't really say what he thought but now that he's but now that he's working on uh working with FS1 I see much more freedom in his you know, in his in his, in his his ability to give opinions. And I love that. So yesterday, uh, what is it? Today, they were talking about what happened last night. Now, as you guys know, the Lakers played the Denver Nuggets last night, and they ended up losing that game. But that wasn't the bigger story, at least from the Lakers' side. The bigger story was how um, Anthony Davis didn't really play up to his abilities. In the first half, he scored 17 points, and in the second half, he went scoreless, and he didn't even attempt a single free throw so when they were talking about this skip asked paul pierce to weigh in on what he thought about 80s performance and he absolutely went in so for those of you who those of you guys who didn't hear that take a listen to paul pierce talking about anthony davis yesterday take a listen to that
0: paul pierce mm-hmm. what was your biggest takeaway from lakers nuggets I mean, should I state the obvious? Obviously, it was the play of Anthony Davis. I mean, in a game where we're not going to overreact to one game because it is the first game of the season. You're still getting your legs under yourself. But we all know the stuff that Denver's been talking. Who's your daddy, these things. So you know this game means something. This is the defending champs. And you're not up for game one against the defending champs who swept you a year ago. Then I don't know what to tell you. This just goes to show me that the motor, the motivation – and everything we want a D to be is just not there. We want him to be Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. But we don't see it. And this is going to be an a D we're going to see all year long. Who's going to be up and down? He's going to woe you with his numbers one night, have 30 and 11, then come back the next night because there's no possible way a guy with his ability should come out and have zero points. And then the one thing that bothered me in the was second his, half. in the second yeah, half, right? Zero points in the second. And yeah. the one thing that bothered me, he only had one rebound at halftime now you can control that now maybe it was something the Lakers were doing as a team and not force feeding him the ball as much as they should but with his ability he should be able to get to the Keyshawn you said you can get to the line at least four or five times and he wasn't able to do that Absolutely. In second yeah. half. I have a... dominates the Lakers on the inside yeah. and outside but look at him he plays big Anthony Davis needs to learn how to play his size and when he Learns how to do that on a consistent basis. Look, the Joker's offensive rebound. He's jump hooking you to death on the yeah. inside. Oh, you want to leave me open for three? Oh, take that too. So I saw, I wasn't surprised what I seen from the Nuggets. Aaron Gordon, guys like him, KCP, guys like, and of course, Jamal Murray. These guys are not having a championship hangover. They, get, they went out and showed the Lakers who their daddy was. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of KCP, Keyshawn's favorite player he was a Laker and T- Keyshawn texted
4: me about this last night he just kills the Lakers he, he's yeah, still was, taking it yeah, out on the Lakers yeah, yeah like
2: I don't know what the answer is to Anthony Davis is playing small when you got a guy like Joker that you that you see out on the court who's a big dominating how come he can't just figure out that he's bigger than everybody else and he needs to dominate. Why? It
0: has to be a consistent mentality. I mean, he has it some nights. When you look at his numbers some nights, he does. But then it has to be consistent. He has to want to do it every single night. And I'm just not sure. Mentality-wise, he has that. You know, we've seen that with Kevin Garnett. We've seen that with Ante Takumpo. We see it with Joel Embiid. And we see it right here with the Joker. Anthony Davis is on the same level ability-wise with all the guys that I named. Mm. But as far as a mental aspect of it, he just is not there on a consistent basis.
1: So you heard what Paul, uh, Paul Pierce had to say. Now, I want to touch on something, right? Because to some people, I don't know ball, right? So I'm to touch on something quickly. Uh, yesterday, as I was watching that game, and we were going through it, and I'm looking at the game, and I'm looking at the footage, and I'm looking at Nikola Jokic absolutely Dominate the Lakers at every single level on the floor. It made me think about some comments that Gilbert Arenas made about Hakeem Olajuwon, um, uh, 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 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, talking about. Oh, like yesterday, Gil was doing a live, and he said, "You know what moves did carl Malone have? What moves did Hakeem Olajuwon had?" I'm like, he had the skyhook, the most single, most unstoppable move. In NBA history, and he was kind of getting on Giannis for going to go train with a king because he's like, those moves are outdated. Now, maybe my TV didn't work properly. I don't know, Ball, right? So maybe somebody will explain it to me. Uh, but as I was watching that game, I'm looking at Nikola Jokic. He went 12 of 22. He, he shot 52 54% from the field and he got a triple-double as I was watching that game. It sure looked like uh, Nikola Jokic was scoring a lot of those points on those hook shots on Anthony Davis. I thought they were futile in today's NBA. I thought they served no purpose. To me, it looked like Nikola Jokic was dominating those Lakers in the post. But I thought a post game isn't important. I was just recently, uh, we recently did an interview with Michael Cooper. Funny enough, I never heard Michael Cooper say I don't know anything about the NBA. But anyway, I was interviewing Michael Cooper, and Michael Cooper said he thought it would make perfect sense for Anthony Davis, I mean, for uh, uh, um, Giannis to go train with Hakeem Olajuwon. He said because they don't even defend the post. So I'm trying to figure it out. Were my eyes deceiving me or was not Nikola Jokic dominating the Lakers in the low post with those hook shots? I, I mean, maybe I don't get it because I was told that those shots are futile and obsolete and they have no place in the NBA and you're not going to be able to score any points on I maybe I missed it. Maybe, 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 I don't know. Maybe I got to get Paul Pierce on the show to explain it to me. I don't know. Somebody help me figure it out. I'm confused about this. I don't know what to think. Anyway. Excuse me. Excuse my ignorance. I I'm, I need to I need to watch more film or something. And maybe I need to use Bing. But anyway, digress. So back to the game and back to what Paul Pierce said. I think Paul Pierce was 100% on the money. And I think if Paul Pierce continues to talk like this, the way that he's talking about NBA players in terms of giving a candid uh, uh, assessment of what he is seeing, I think he's going to make a lot of enemies out of players. But I think he's going to gain a lot of fans out of the people that watch him. Because in my personal view, your job is not to go up there and twerk it up. Your job is to tell the audience exactly what you think and how you see it. Whether if you're talking about an NBA player or you're talking about a journalist, say what you think. If you don't say the obvious and you start saying some other stuff, people are not going to take you seriously. So to me, just personally, as someone watching this new iteration of the show that now features Paul Pierce, I personally love it. It's a breath of fresh air. And now I can actually watch some of their NBA segments and actually enjoy it before I was not enjoying it. I just wasn't. I wasn't enjoying it. But now with Paul Pierce and the way that he's talking, I agree with him. And, and, and about uh, Anthony Davis, I think Anthony Davis deserves every bit of criticism that he's getting. I think he deserves every bit of criticism. LeBron James is going to be about nine, nine years, eight to nine years Anthony Davis is senior in December. LeBron is turning 39 years old in December. Anthony Davis is what, 30, 31 years old? 30, 31 years old, most young boys would be taken at an organization by the rain. But AD just got that follower energy, man. He just, when I saw him up there when those press conferences a number of years ago, AD used to sit next to LeBron like as if he's LeBron. That's the part that gets, it's like, no, LeBron is LeBron and you're AD. LeBron is the top five guy, you're not. LeBron is a guy that's already proven himself. You're the guy that hasn't proved yourself. And from that point, I already knew. I, so none of this really surprises me. Ad wants to be under LeBron's wing, and for LeBron to 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 basically to, to 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 shepherd him along the way. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Um, I was doing some in, uh, some 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 research and i came across an article from fadeawayworld.net that featured some comments from uh, former chicago bull detroit piston dennis rodman who was essentially um breaking his silence on the dispute or the feud the ongoing feud the messy feud between Scottie pippen and michael jordan now let me just give you guys a backstory for those of you guys who don't remember Around 2020 or in 2020, the LeBron James, James, Michael Jordan and uh, ESPN dropped uh, the last dance docuseries. And when that docuseries came out, as you guys know, there was a pandemic. So everyone was at home. It absolutely captivated audiences all over the world to the point where that ended up being ESPN's most successful docuseries in the history of that organization. And it was a riveting docuseries that took you through the beginning to the end of the Chicago Bulls. A dynasty. So when when the when the docu- series was finished, um, to to my and everyone's surprise, Scottie Pippen then went on to make an appearance on the Dan Patrick show. And when he de- went on the Dan Patrick show, Scottie Pippen, out of nowhere, went on a full assault on his former head coach Phil Jackson by calling him a, or suggesting that he was a racist. And going after Michael Jordan in ways that I think the entire NBA and, dare I say, sports community could have never imagined Scotty Pippen, uh, Pippen could. So, what we want to do is want to play his initial comments that really sparked this beef uh, a few years ago. And then we're going to come back. Take a listen to what Scotty Pippen had to say on the Dan Patrick Show a number of years ago. Take a listen to that there.
4: Help me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when. You refused to go back in the game, and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc.
3: Well, I mean, it's not much to be said if you go back and look at when Scotty Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls, and who deserved the last shot of
4: the game. No, no, um, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines, and then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him Tony Kukoc a ride. Yeah. So, I mean,
3: if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons, and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last-second shot without Michael Jordan? Like, one year without Michael Jordan, can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work.
4: But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when you say a racial move –
3: well, why would, why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like, that was Scottie Pippen's team. But, but Scottie Bill Pippen and, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right?
4: Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you?
4: But have you talked to Phil about this? Because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. Do you think Phil was
3: or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? I mean, who would do that? You name someone in professional sports that would do that, you know? I think he tried to expose Kobe in a way that he shouldn't have. You're the head coach, and you're the guy that sits in the locker room and tells the players, this is a circle, and everything stays within the circle because that's what team is about. But you as the head coach open it up, and now you go out and you try to belittle, at that time, probably one of the greatest players in the game,
4: well, it feels like he's disloyal. I don't know if that makes him a racist.
3: Well, that's your yeah. way of putting it out, and I have my way. I was in the locker room with him. I was in practice with uh, him. You're looking for him afar.
4: Yeah, and, and look, that's why I wanted to have you on. But I go back, and Phil designed a play for Steve Kurt when Mike <clears> was <throat> there. And Mike, Mike didn't have a problem with that, did he?
3: I don't want to, you're not, you're, you're not setting me up to answer the right question. What do you mean Phil set up a play for Steeker? He didn't set that play for Steeker. He set that play for Michael
4: Jordan. I thought in the huddle, Mike says, I'm going to throw you the ball. You'll be open in, that the felon. That, and Phil had nothing to do with that?
3: And you don't want to get this show started because it'll take us a long time. Do you know all those cameras that sitting in that huddle who they was working for? The NBA. So you know who Michael was speaking to when he said that, right? <laughs> that was, that was planned. <laughs> that was speaking to the to the camera. That wasn't speaking out of what we're going to have to do. What the play is going to be. That was speaking to the camera. Had John had uh, John Stockton not came down, trust me. <laughs> but that was building his own documentary because he knew he was controlling the cameras.
1: So you heard what Scottie Pippen um, had to say there. So as I was uh, as I was saying about the article, so I was doing research and I came across that article and it and had, and had the following headline, Dennis Rodman gets honest on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen beef. It continues on, Scottie Pippen has been beefing on Michael Jordan since the last Dennis documentary came out. And Dennis Rodman has now shared his thoughts on the situation. It's a lot of things that happened over the last couple of years, Rodman said. So I think Scottie's a little bitter and Michael's more laid back and say, okay, like whatever, but they're going to work it out. Rodman also claimed that Pippen and Jordan were on great te- uh, terms during the final season together with the Chicago Bulls. The 60-year-old stated that the, the two always hung out and traveled with, with each other uh, back then. So that's what Dennis Rodman had to say about the feud. And he says something interesting that I really want to harp on, which was, He said they're going to work it out. I don't think they are. And I have a few reasons why I believe that. Let me give you guys the reasons. First of all, a mutual friend and former teammate of both players in Charles Oakley also broke his silence about this fallout a number of years ago. And as you guys know, Charles Oakley has a very close relationship with Michael Jordan. Charles Oakley said um, in no uncertain terms that he doesn't believe that the relationship is ever going to come back together. That's number one. Number two, Stephen A. Smith said the same thing who seems to be plugged in uh as well for me i don't see this thing being repaired at all i i don't see it being repaired. do you know why because scotty is still going at it that those that audio that we played for you was just the first shot he didn't stop scotty pippen at every opportunity has berated and condemned michael jordan publicly since 2020. the last one he said was the one where he lost all of us where he said before he got to the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan was a horrible basketball player. That's where you lost me. That is where you lost me. That Michael Jordan was a horrible can a NBA person even s- say that? Is that even, is that even possible? It's like a soccer player saying Cristiano Ronaldo was a horrible player or saying Maradona was a horrible player. Or saying Messi is a horrible player. Or saying Pele is a horrible player. It's crazy. But that's what Scottie Pippen said. And what made it even worse was that Scottie Pippen was MJ's teammate. He was MJ's teammate. My thing is this, and this is the reason I personally believe it, they will never work it out, is this. In the aftermath of the first dance, I mean the last dance docuseries, Scottie Pippen started revealing things and thoughts that he had about MJ that apparently he harbored for decades. For decades. He said MJ was always a selfish player. Um, did you discover that at the end of the last dance or is that something that you always felt? I'm trying to figure it out. A lot of the things that Scottie Pippen was describing were things that were going on while they were teammates, which means that you always held these emotions towards Michael Jordan in secret. You never made it, you made, you never made it public. And I don't personally believe that MJ knew Scottie Pippen felt that way about him and and was still friendly with him. Why would you be friendly with someone that doesn't like you? And I think a lot of the comments that Scottie Pippen made, I think they sent a jolt through Jordan's system because I think he was blindsided by it. The part I don't get is in that docuseries, Jordan criticized everyone, including himself. He showed his low moments as well. It wasn't like as if he was singling you out. I heard Shannon Sharpe say, well, that didn't happen while you're there, but it's part of the bull story. They're also talking about the dynasty. They didn't just talk about Jordan. They spoke about Pippen's background. They spoke about Dennis Rodman. They spoke about Jordan. They didn't single Scottie Pippen out. They were talking about the entire bull, the amalgamation of the players that they had. They had Oren, Ores Grant was on there. I think he was on there. Isaiah Thomas was on there. And so many other people were there that were part of that story. Phil Jackson was on there. Kobe Bryant was on All of these guys were lending their opinions and views to enriching that, 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 that docuseries that was centered on, on a dynastic run that ultimately reached its climax in 1998. So when Shannon Sharp made that point, it was a mute point. It was a mute point. I think if this situation is ever to be salvaged, is going to take a lot of maturity from michael jordan and honestly to be quite frank with you a lot of forgiveness you gotta really turn the other cheek do you know why i'm saying this because in the midst of all of this all of this mj has not said a word publicly about scotty pippen it's always been scotty taking shots at mj so mj would have to be the bigger man here or unless scotty pippen just has a uh uh what is it has um a Eureka moment or some kind of uh, uh, um, epiphany and decides to go out there and apologize to Michael Jordan. Like, hey, man, I I didn't mean all of the stuff that I said. So I doubt it. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. You know, I've been noticing a lot of slander in the direction of easily the greatest player to ever play basketball in one Michael Jordan. I've noticed a lot of people trying to knock Jordan off of, well, unsuccessfully trying to knock Michael Jordan off of his goal status. And I see all of them falling on their falling flat on their faces every single day. Just the other day, I saw an interview, not an interview, uh, 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 a segment on Undisputed, which I thought was a total debacle and a sham of Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp having a debate on who's the greatest player of all time based on some Giannis on comments. What Giannis said was absolute ignorance. I think Giannis is a little bit too humble and always trying to be the good guy. My bro, stop. I like Giannis to pieces. To say LeBron is better than Michael Jordan is laughable. And Giannis didn't even expand on his reasoning. I disagree with Giannis 100%. 100%. I don't don't see any angle of that being the case. But nevertheless, people have been trying to take shots at Jordan. Another thing I've noticed people try to do as of recent, which is absolutely clownish, but nevertheless, these guys do it. They're they're horrible in making basketball points, and I can hear this whenever they try to make their arguments. Some of these dudes are actually out here saying, get this, that if it wasn't for Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan would have never won his championships. I have two responses to that. For the people that thought they were clever, bringing up that point, please list the player that won championships by himself. We will all wait. There is no player. So to bring up that point is is just flat out idiotic. You can't bring out an argument that can be used against you and think that you won anything. You didn't win a bloody thing. That's the first part. I said I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings in this show. So if you're, if you're one of these people that's going to have an emotional breakdown, just click off the show right now because you're going to get this work today. Shout out to Loaded Lux. Y'all about to get this serious work. And I'm going to take my time with it. So people have been saying this. So what did I do? What 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 did I do? I said, let me go back into the history books. I'm using Google, by the way. Let me go back into the history books and understand what really took place back then and I wanted to understand what was Scottie Pippen's contributions towards Michael Jordan and helping him win those championships now the first thing I want to say is I don't want to oversimplify this I don't want to oversimplify this to the point where it seems like I'm giving a superficial a superficial analysis of what really took place here but I got to dumb it down Michael Jordan was drafted in 1984. Okay. Michael Jordan was drafted in 1984. Scottie Pippen, on the other hand, I'm using Google, by the way. Scottie Pippen, on the other hand, was drafted in 1987. I'm using Google. I was a business management student. We, we, We were supposed to learn statistics and finance and accounting, not, you know, the years that NBA players got drafted. I'm sorry. But anyway. That means that Michael Jordan came into the NBA three years before Scottie Pippen. Hmm. Hmm. Now, mind you, mind you, Scottie Pippen said that MJ wasn't really a good player before he got there. Okay, fantastic. Now, let's go look at what Michael Jordan was doing before Scottie Pippen got to the Chicago Bulls. Hmm. Let us see. That year as a rookie, MJ scored 28 points per game, getting you 0.8 blocks per game, 2.4 steals per game, 5.9 assists, 6.5 rebounds, on 84.5% shooting, 13% 17% shooting from the 3, and 15 uh, and, what, and 15 And 51% shooting from the field. Now, some people are going, well, this is the three. Uh, Let me just hit you guys with some information. MJ was only attempting like two or three, maybe four threes a year for the first part of his career. He wasn't even a volume three-point shooter. He wasn't even attempting threes. I'll roast you guys later on in the show when I get to that number. Anyway. That's what Jordan did his rookie season. Now, let's look at what Scottie Pippen did. You know, the, the 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 Superman that came to save Jordan. Wow. Well, Scottie Pippen's first season in 87, he scored 7.9 points per game. I can stop right there. 7.9 points per game. The very next year, Scottie Pippen doubled his output. He went from 7.9 points per game to 14.4 points per game. With 1.9 steals, 3.5 assists, 6.1 rebounds. shootings 47% from the the field and shooting 27% from the three. That's a major improvement. The next year, he bumped it up to 16.5 points per game. Meanwhile, MJ, on the other hand, the trash guy. The next year, he broke his leg. The third season, MJ scored 37 points per game on twos. Michael Jordan scored 37 points per game on twos. To put that into further context for the morons in the background, let me give you guys some pertinent information that you may want to know for you guys to even think in your brains. That this thing was ever a conversation about Michael Jordan. Let me show you the difference between Jordan and your favorite players. That season at MJ averaged 37.1 points per game. Let me hip you guys up to some game real quick. Let me, I'm looking at the playoff stats. The playoff stats are just out of worldly. That year, Michael Jordan was attempting 0.83s per game and making 0.1. He only made about two or three three-pointers that entire year. So Jordan averaged 37.1 points per game on twos. points per game on twos y'all gonna get this work today for trying to disrespect the greatest player in your sport because none of us would be even talking about basketball if it wasn't for Magic Johnson, Larry Bird and Michael freaking Jordan and I'm sure some of these clowns that be hating on Jordan probably got Jordan's shoes on but I'm not done with you dudes yet I'm not done with you dudes yet then what happens Jordan wins his first championship in 1990 1990-1991 1990-1991 season. Let's look at Scottie Pippen's numbers those year, that year. He scored 17.8 points per game, 1.1 blocks, 2. Points, what, 2.4 steals, 6.2 assists, 7.3 rebounds, and it's fair to say that these numbers numbers don't capture defense. I, I'm glad we know this. Good. On 70% shooting from the free throw line, 30% shooting from the three, and 52% shooting from the field, which was his career high in terms of overall Field goal percentage. Now, what was Jordan doing that year? He averaged, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Um, outside of Jordan's first two years, Michael Jordan went on, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Jordan went eight straight years where he led the league in scoring. Within those eight years, he also led the league in steals three times. This is the dude y'all want to talk S H I, you know what about? You look like a certified bozo talking about Jordan. Because there's no player that ever played basketball that you can bring up and hold next to this dude and anybody will take it seriously. It's actually laughable on all fronts. It's a joke show. I'm not done. Y'all gonna get this work. Let me get into this here. He was getting six rebounds on 85% shooting, 31% shooting from the three... And 53% shooting in the regular season. Let's get to the playoffs and let's look at what Scottie Pippen was doing. Because he needed, Jordan needed Scottie Pippen to win those championships, right? So we about to see some gaudy numbers in those playoffs. Let's look at that first year. Scottie Pippen averaged 21.6 points per game in the playoffs. Uh, 1.1 blocks, 2.5 steals, 5.8 rebounds, 8.9, I mean, 5.8 assists, 8.9 rebounds on 50% shooting from the field. Damn, he must have really led the Bulls. Oops, oops, oops. He did it. He did it. Jordan outscored Scottie Pippen by an average of 10 points per game in those playoffs. 10. 10 points per game. Got you 8 rebounds. I mean, 8.4 assists per game. Let me look. Did he lead Scotty in assists per game that year? Oops! The guy that needed Jordan. I'm sorry. The, the 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 guy that Jordan needed. Jordan scored more than him. He assisted the ball more than him. Let's look at steals per game. Maybe Scotty Scotty got him there. Let me see. Oh, Scotty beat him by one. Two point five. What to two point two point five to two point four. Jordan shot a higher uh, uh, free throw percentage and and a higher shot thirty eight percent from the three and fifty four percent from the field. Next year he averaged thirty four points in the playoffs. Next year he averaged thirty five points in the playoffs. This is Michael Jordan. Go look at Scottie Pippen's numbers and you tell me who needed who. If Scotty was the dude that Michael Jordan needed, why wasn't nobody going to Scottie Pippen at the end of games to close our games? Hmm. Let me figure that out. Let me get this right here. I'm trying to figure this out. Y'all said that Jordan needed Scotty. When Jordan left and he wasn't there for a year. Help me figure it out. Who did they go to the end of games? Was it Tony Kukoc? Why didn't they go to why didn't they go to Scottie Pippen? Oh, that's right. He, because Phil Jackson is racist. Hmm. Jordan must be green man. Jordan must be red man. He must be purple man. Last time I checked, Jordan was black. He's blacker than Scottie Pippen. And you ignorant dweebs running around talking about Phil Jackson is racist. Help me figure it out. Hello, is this on? To quote Rob Parker. Y'all going to get this work because y'all be saying a lot of stupid stuff. And I'm not even into my bag yet. I'm not even into my bag yet. I'm trying to figure out how this thing is a conversation. Would we even be talking about Scottie Pippen today if it wasn't for Michael Jordan? Help me figure it out. You talking about the dude that had his shoes in front of the camera, pointing at his shoes, talking about please come back? Why would you need somebody to please come back if you don't need them, if you don't need his help? Help me figure this out. It's only in 2023 that now we've entered this twilight zone where ass backward, ass backwards becomes forward. Backwards become tail becomes head. Where any stupid thing that's said on the internet, there's always gonna be some moron that's gonna run behind it and say, I I I agree. I agree. Watch me twerk it up for you. Watch me twerk it up all over the place. I'm not even done yet. I'm not even done. I was recently listening to Paul Pierce on Undisputed talking about the difficulty of an offensive player going out there and scoring 30. And then expecting him to play lockdown defense, this is Paul Pierce that said this. An NBA champion, an NBA finals MVP. I think Paul Pierce is even top 75 if I'm not mistaken. Paul Pierce said that now let's go back to Michael Jordan the dude some of you bozos is trying to act like he's not that dude because you dudes are embarrassments to the basketball community let me get let me give you guys some information here Michael Jordan I'm using Google Michael Jordan uh by the way Went on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight year stretch. Or let me put it another way seven, uh, let me see, uh, eight, nine, 10. So, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So, Jordan went on an 11 year stretch when he led the league in, 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 in scoring 10 times. Mm, pretty remarkable. There's nobody in NBA history that you can bring up that will ever do that. But let me give you guys some other information here. In those 10 years, we're counting from what year? Let's go from 86 to 98. Let's see how many all-first defensive teams Jordan made in that same span. Let's see. Well, when did Jordan make his all-first defensive team? He made it in 88. He made it from 88 to 93. So Jordan was making all-first and all-defense for uh, score, leading the league in scoring and making all-first defense for five straight years. Then he went from 96 to 98 and oh 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 by the way when did he win his defensive player of the year award let me see when did Jordan win his defensive player of the year award Uh uh-uh he won it in 88 in 88 did it lead the league in scoring let me figure it out so wait a minute, you mean to tell me Michael Jordan scored 37 points per game, got 1.6 blocks, also led the league in steals in nineteen what uh, eighty-eight, and also won the defensive player of the year, and you clowns are trying to bring me another basketball player to say he's on the level of this dude? This is my new manifesto. If anybody takes shots at Jordan, you're an idiot. That's my new manifesto about basketball. The new rule is... If you try to diminish MJ, you know nothing about basketball and they should throw away your basketball card. That should be the new rule. If you say anything idiotic about Michael Jordan on Instagram or YouTube, they should block your account for sheer stupidity. The guy led the league in scoring. He won the defensive player of the year that year. He led the league in steals. Did he win a championship that year? Hold up. Let me figure it out. He didn't win a championship. That's all he didn't do. But in 1993, he led the league in scoring, he led the league in a, a steals, and he won the finals MVP. Hello? What, what am I missing here? What am I missing? Now I'm going to get to another point where I'm going to eat the you dudes and call it a day. Because I can see y'all already it, turned into ashes. So I just need to pour this water on you to finish you dudes off. Now, I've been hearing that... What LeBron is doing is something that Michael Jordan could never dream of. Yeah, Jordan could never dream of getting swept in the finals multiple times, losing by record margins, going into an all-star game and have dudes walking up to him, slapping him like, hey, hello, 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 shoot the ball, Jordan. Jordan could never have that. All I know is that Jordan went for an eight-year period where the Chicago Bulls never lost more than two games. You bring me somebody that ever did that. I'll wait. I'll wait. That did it with just one all-star. Or two. Let me give you two. I'm not talking about Bill Russell Celtics. I'm not talking about Magic with a hundred all-star. I'm talking about Jordan who three-peated two times. First time he did it, he did it with one all-star. Bring me the guy that won three championships with with just one all-star. All I can think about it was Shaq and Kobe. And that was it. And it took Shaq and Kobe to do what Jordan did with Pippen. The Pippen, he was dragging to the finals. And speaking of finals... The dude that Jordan needed to win all of those championships. Wasn't it the same Scottie Pippen in game six in Utah that had a bad back that was having bad spasms and Jordan had to score over 50%, 50% of the Bulls games and shot the shot to win the game and held the pose? This the dude we talking about? This the dude. You dudes are bozos when it comes to the NBA. All of this takes is research and observation. Let me eat the you dudes right right quick before I close it out. Now, they were saying LeBron is doing... let 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 me hip you guys to some game. At the age of 38, LeBron scored. Let me hip you guys to some game. He scored... I believe it was 30 points per game. Let me pull it up. LeBron James. Let me see. What year was that? That was 2021. When Jordan was playing with the Wizards, he scored 22.9 points per game. And some of the LeBron fans would say, Oh, LeBron is so much better. Jordan could never. Oh. In the 2000s, the average score of NBA games were 96.9 points per game. I'll round it up and give you 97. The average score per game is when, Le- when LeBron scored those, scored those points was about 112 to 113. But some people say, but, 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 yeah, I know the game is faster. I know there are more shots, so it's easier to score. But I'm too stupid to admit that, so I'm going to hold on to my logic. But LeBron still scored more points because LeBron is greater. Oh, is he really? Is he really greater? Let me give you guys some information. By the way, I got this on Google, and it took me to NBA.com. That year Jordan scored 22.9 points per game. Michael Jordan was attempting 0.9 threes per game. And he was making 0.2. How many point, How many threes was LeBron attempting that year when he scored 30? Hmm. Let's look it up. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da Hmm. Let me see. LeBron was attempting eight threes a game. Eight eight threes and he was making 2.9. So what if Jordan was attempting four threes per game Hmm? and he was making two, or let's say 1.5. So let's say he was getting about three to four points. Hmm. Wouldn't his average have jumped from about 23 to about 28. Now what if Jordan was averaging eight threes? Wouldn't Jordan have been scoring over 30, but wait a minute. What severe leg injury was LeBron playing with? Because I know Jordan was. Jordan had a severe leg problem, knees and knee issues, and there were some games it was so bad he had to force himself to play. Let me close here. LeBron will never, ever at any point in the history of basketball be anything close to Michael Jordan. That ship sailed a long time ago. Jordan is in a classroom by himself. And the distance between these two guys is the distance between heaven and earth. I really believe that if you feel otherwise, that's your bloody business. I truly believe it is not even close. Scotty is not even worth mentioning in terms of Jordan needing him to win. Let's stop the nonsense and put some damn respect. On a guy that's actually the reason why a lot of some of of these dudes even eat him. Take Jordan out of the NBA and you take the money out of the NBA. Pay some respect to the people that made you millions. It'll look good on you. I'm out. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.